Welcome to The Drummer's Pathway, the podcast about music, life, and the creative process. I'm Michael Scott, and welcome to The Drummer's Pathway podcast. As creative artists, we are often committed to developing our skill set with the goal to seek attention and appreciation for our work. Despite the glory of the stage that many may desire, there are some who choose to work together as part of a team. The reaction from our audience is what inspires us, and we can take pride in knowing how essential our part of the collaborative process has been to share this common vision. On this episode, my guest is drummer Eric Brudreau. Eric is a drummer originally from Alma, Quebec, who completed his studies at the Alma College of Music, Sherbrooke University, and Concordia University. He has had the honor of working on major theatrical productions for Cavalia, Cirque du Soleil, and many more. Eric has also worked with many great musicians and projects, which include the likes of Michel Cousson, John Patitucci, and Alex Acuna. Currently, Eric works as an in-demand freelance drummer on a variety of projects, including the new show Carrera in Guam, and continues to be an active and in-demand educator. In our interview, we talk about the value of being versatile in order to meet any challenges that are presented to you. We also discuss why it's important to be able to adapt to and embrace the changes to technology in our industry, and why it's essential to find a healthy work-life balance by making time to pursue other areas of interest, to stay motivated and inspired. Let's get started. So Eric, I first became aware of you when I attended the Ralph Angelillo Drum Festival last year, and I was really impressed with your performance segment. I was blown away by your musicianship and the versatility that you demonstrated switching between different styles of music, but still at the same time making them your own. And then getting a chance to talk to you afterwards during the meet and greet, I was also blown away by your positive attitude, your professionalism and most of all your passion for education so I know that you started playing really young I believe it was about three when you first kind of discovered the drums but how did all of this whole journey kind of start for you uh well I think the first thing it's like um I wasn't even born I wasn't (laughs) still uh, on the way and my family went to a show and I really enjoyed the drumming. Uh, like I was moving a lot. It's a funny fact, but it's, it, they told me about it later. Uh, but, uh, but after that, for real, I started to ask for playing music drum mostly. I was around three years old. So I want, and I was playing like a lot of kids on their pots and pans and like on their family kitchen. And later on, um, they are all five years old. They bought me my first kit, first kit slash uh not the best kit you can have but uh, but a kit i could perform on it was like you know those uh, uh sears uh mm-hmm. zellers uh walmart kit like all this stack on one base drum so they gave me that and but my family they were really open-minded so they told me like eric i think we to be sure it's what you want we should try uh we should try other instruments so they they introduced me with piano violin uh guitar uh, at a young age even vocal uh so they sent me to a school to learn like 
like all the basic, not just bashing drum, but like how I can write music or I can uh, sing music and be have a good hear. Um, for, and my a lot of my family were self-taught, but but my family wanted to have a, some kind of basic as a musician. And finally, I jumped out in uh, in well. In province of Quebec, like like in Ontario and other provinces, it depends on where you are. But we had like I have a middle school with music classes, uh, and later on I moved in high school. And uh, the I was doing both the uh, big band and the classical orchestra. Mm -hmm. So the good thing is that you could do a song from Buddy Rich one day, and the other and the, the same day sometimes because sometimes we have two years. So I was in the we call that like a music concentration. So it's like you have more music than other people. So I was that night, let's say, playing with the, the, the orchestral thing as I was playing like uh, all the small percussion, the hand percussion you have to work with, the gong, uh, work with different aspects of as a percussion player, not just as a drummer. So, and later I, I did college and I and my, my university in drums. So like, uh, yeah, it's, it's it, I think I've been doing the scholar education pathway we should do, you know, like, like, yeah, right. no, we should do, I should do, you know, there are different ways, but my, my, but I mean, you know what the rec the government recommends you do your, this, that, 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 until that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I did that, that way until the end, but I always do a lot of music on the side as a, as a rocker, punk rocker, even jazz big in a young age. And I know for me, I've got kind of a similar background where I started out in middle school, grade seven, becoming part of the school band, school orchestra, and then eventually getting into the jazz thing. And I think the advantage that that has is that you learn fundamentals, you learn how to read, and you're introduced as being part of a musical ensemble. So you learn music and you learn how to be part of a team, where sometimes, particularly these days, when you're learning how to be a drummer, you learn how to be a drummer, but you don't understand the context of where that really applies. And mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with it. Everyone is on a different path and everyone wants to learn an instrument for different reasons. But I yep. think the people that kind of have that formal background, even if it's just only for a couple of years, seem to have a better understanding of their role as part of the ensemble. And I know for me, it just it made me value the other instrumentalists that much more because oh, you're yeah. looking you're looking at the big picture and it's not really just about you know you standing out from there i know for me it's really proven to be very valuable in a lot of my own professional career elements as well yeah you're right because the one thing when you mentioned ensemble is good because when you play in a small formation like a like a rock band four or five musician it's easy to catch everything but when you play with like 25 kids playing the bass, the guitar, the trumpet, the trombone, the whatever, like the clarinets, they have so many things going on. It's open your ears. And at the same time, you work on your volume, your dynamics and your volume in a real situation. Because now, right now, I'm playing with in ears. So, and I'm in a box. So I can do whatever I want, but I don't do whatever I want. You know what I mean? It's like, a, you know, I, I'm, I'm really trying to have dynamics and I'm, I, I try to play the most organic as it should be. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't try to fake um, uh, the dynamics uh, and they're becoming from the sound engineer. I prefer giving him a better source he can work with. 
So like it's the same as a microphone. If you got a good mic, you don't need like 25 good mic. If you mean, sometimes it depends what you do, but for example, you want one good mic for snare drum. If you do a good dynamic, the good playing with that good microphone, you will be able to do so many things at the mix. It's the same thing when I, when you, you were mentioning when you work with an ensemble at a young age, at the same time, you, you work to belong with people to have the relationship, uh, to like, uh, because they will give you cues and, and comments like, do you think this symbol can be less loud? And when you're like 14, you're like, what do you mean? But later <laughs> you, you grow up, you know, yeah. and it's, oh, yeah, yeah, I should do that way. And you grow up as a person and as a musician, it's, and it's, it's magical for that. Well, and I found for me, one of the things that really helped is having an orchestral background because you learn how to pull the sound out of the instrument, whereas a lot of people yeah. learn how to hit a snare drum. But when you've learned how to play timpani or marimba and a lot of the yep. different melodic percussion instruments, you learn touch and you learn that a light touch can give you a full sound and you tend to learn the dynamics of a symbol and you, and that sort of thing as well. And I found for me, it's yep. been very beneficial um, because it's not just a matter of striking it, it's a matter of pulling the sound out. And, and I remember when I was in high school, I studied with the principal percussionist from our local symphony. And I was the principal percussionist of the local youth symphony. So he was always Whoa. extra hard on me because we, <laughs> we, we, because we did a lot of shows and stuff together. And he knew that I was a serious student, but he, he'd often say that when he had people coming in, he could tell that they really didn't want to learn some of the orchestral things because they'd come in and the first thing they do is hit the timpani drums in the middle of it really loud. And they don't understand that that's, that's not yeah. how you strike the drum to pull a full sound. And so you really learn to appreciate appreciate those sort of tones. And I, and I found for me, that's really carried on. And it's also really helped my reading and appreciation and being part of an ensemble, particularly in an orchestral type of environment, you learn the value of a single note. And what I mean by that is there, there have been times when I had 187 bars of nothing, and then you had to strike one note. But if you didn't hit that one note, it was really noticeable. So even though you might only be playing one note as part of the whole piece, it's still exceptionally yep. important. And so you have to treat it with the respect as if you were the featured instrumentalist for the whole thing. And I think that that really changed my perspective um, as a musician. It's so funny you say that. My first big gig, let's, let's call that way, it was with an orchestral show and it's exactly what you said. I was like maybe, I think seven, eight years old, eight years old, I don't remember, like I was very, very young. And they put me in a costume of Christmas and we're doing like a symphony of Christmas. And uh, it was a big theater, like we did two shows, 1000 people each night and I have the train going and I have to hit one, one hit, uh, I think my first it was after 145 bar. So, and I have to count it. So it was so long and I was so kid. The, the conductor had, he was pointing me and his call was for, I can count maybe 10 bars, maybe yeah. just before prepare or eight bars. I don't remember at the time. It was eight bars. So I was counting at the young age and thing. But yeah, if you miss it, it's noticeable. And at the same time, a good one note at the right place is really, I, I prefer that than the big drum feel. I, I sometimes I have some song, I will do boom and start that have way more impact. And, um, and they did that a lot in the seventies. You see, like I'm going from a background of orchestral, I'm a rock guy. If you look at, if you think about that, think about Queens, 
like a CCR, um, like bands, like they really have big influences. Check their sound and it's really orchestral oriented a yes. lot of time. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. And be, yeah, back in the days, no internet, no, no, nothing of that, but the work they were doing on, I'm not mentioning the work of the bands actually doesn't do is, is a completely different story, but the way they were working the orchestration with the counterpoint and all the way to write music was another thing. So like, uh, for, for, and they're still popular today. You would talk about Queen right now and they were, they were running like, like 35, 40 years, 35 yeah. years ago, you know, so the Beatles, so it's an example. So it's, it's all about when you can mix those, of course, you're like you were mentioning, it just helped you as a mission to grow up. Absolutely. Now, after high school, you already talked about this a little bit, but you went on to study uh, music at, uh, I think it was Alma College, and then later on yeah. went on to Concordia University in Montreal. During that time, what were some of the most valuable lessons that you learned or some of the uh, most profound experiences that really helped you as a professional musician? Well, um, college was kind of uh, very important for both i've been like university and college been important college i think what i learned is mostly learn different styles like open doors to different ways to play music and listen to it when i was a kid i've been introduced with mostly rock pop rock uh pop um jazz but jazz more big bands you know, like, uh, not because my family and school, so I, they were, uh, Gene Krupa stuff. So I, like, I was really into that, uh, punk rock and a little bit of hip hop. So that's what was, that was my, and metals. Metal was, uh, was something too very important. So when I arrived to the college, I discovered, uh, all the fusion jazz band, the Latino stuff, how to play a samba, bossa nova, whatever. Like, I mean, all the, little rhythm you don't necessarily do when you're listening you know like it's like a, you need to like i wanted i was really happy to and I'm, i still like kind of the punk rock and all but at that time was really a revelation to um really be able to learn those and play with people because in college we have combos like the jazz combo latin combo the blues come so we're like they were putting us in different mixtures and from there you were able to try those and we had guys the metal guy crazy and they were putting them in a latin <laughs> latin combo but they were great because they were really fo focusing on that and it's it's something i think i, I was more revelation college and making good contact um i i i still have friends from school from that time they're still musicians some not actually most of them, unfortunately not, but have some really changed career and, but I still have friends there. Um, and I was in my hometown, so it was in Alma. So for me, it was not, a, I was able to practice back home, uh, my kid plus in the college, but I was kind of cool with my, my friend because at the time we were a lot of musicians. I was talking with the, one of the teacher there. I, I did a conference, uh, at that college in last September. Uh, and, um, in my time, we were, we had three grades. First two and third is the technique. And the first, for the first and two per year, we were thinking, thinking about just drumming, drummer, uh, eight to 12 drummers plus mm -hmm. the technique. So some year were 40 drummers and we have three studio for rehearsing. 
So I was giving chance to guys they can practice. Um, now they have like two, three drummers. So it's completely different story. Like the, the, the demand change or people will practice from home. They, they, they don't want to study. They, they, they want to study, but mostly online. They didn't, they don't care about the paper and things yeah. like that. So, uh, but yeah, back to the, the, that, the college was great. University, completely different story. I, I did one year in uh, Sherbrooke before to switch to Concordia. Um, but Sherbrooke University, amazing. But I was always in Montreal and it's two hour and a half drive, two hour drive. I don't remember one hour, uh, depending on the traffic, but it was too far. So I decided to move to Montreal because uh, one weekend, every two weekends, I was going there practicing, playing shows. So it was not convenient, but I have a great teacher, still a friend of mine, like uh, Sylvain Jalbert and Paul Boroshi, uh were my teacher at, at Sherbrooke University. Um, and yeah, and after I moved to Concordia with Nasir Abdul Kabir and uh, Wali Mohammed, and uh, that was amazing. Uh, I learned this, this was a completely different story because <clears throat> Sherbrooke was a French university and I jumped in Concordia in English. I was okay. It's just the way you see the world. Like, mm-hmm. because uh, Sherbrooke was more concentrated on like the province of Quebec. And when I arrived to Concordia, I was coming from everywhere in the world. So, so that, that opened my mind and other thing, like I never thought about. So like, oh yeah, let's go to play blues in the Irish pub. I never did that before. So I went with friends and we start playing. So I started to do some shows and meet the this music circle. Um, and people, not just Canadian, like, I mean, American from Europe. So that was super nice to mix culture and, um, and just meet new friends. And the level, it was quite, uh, the demand then too, because university has a lot of musicians. So uh, you're like, they put you in the big band and the jazz and also you have ready to jump in and be, um, you need to be good, you know, like, because this is your career, you're playing a little bit. It's funny to say that you don't need the paper for for make your career, but when you're in university, it's what you're doing. You're in it, so your point is to get your paper and is your career creating. You know, that's it. So I went to college for jazz, and so I spent three years in a jazz program, uh, really looking at uh, the performance aspect of it. And, and as you said, you you don't need to go to to school to get the degree or or the diploma in order to make a professional career. My perspective of that was to learn, do I have the discipline to invest mm-hmm. the time into this? And do I have the passion to do that? Because the paper represents that you completed the program, but you really want to take the experiences that you have and apply them. Totally. And then first of all, determine, do you have what it takes? Because if you have what it takes to complete the program, do the work to at whatever level that you choose, then you can apply those skill sets to how you're going to approach a gig. So if you're trying to prepare something for uh, college, you go in and if you haven't done the work, the teacher knows you haven't done the work and you don't get much out of that experience because they'll just put you off until the next week. And then that can be a humbling experience. But when I get hired to do a show, I try and go in as prepared as possible because that's the skill set that I learned in college. 
I want to keep learning and keep growing. And it's all about, you know, each day, each thing you do, you want to be better than the last thing you did because you never stop learning. And I think that's yep. one of the things that I really find inspiring about you is that you have this lifelong commitment to education. You're always pushing yourself. You're always looking to inspire students, whether it's private students or in master classes or all the different things that you do. But you're not done. You're always pushing yourself and you're growing. And that, and that definitely shows in the success and the things that you have achieved so far oh well thank you well it i, I like uh when i was a kid i think um it depends on which teacher or what kind of person i've been teaching you but i got really good teacher and i think they, they gave me uh, a lot of that for the, that passion and right now um i don't have much student in private right because i'm so busy i'm trying i will restart in september teaching normally i take I'm doing online lessons only right now because I'm so far uh, traveling. But um, normally I get like around five, five, six, seven permanent teacher, like a student, like but seriously, like student. And um, and once in a while, yes, I will do like lessons. But back in the days, I was teaching a lot. Like uh, we're talking like a lot of students. But uh, now I just did. A, I just launched uh, last uh, September a new drum book. But this mm -hmm. book was a beta, a beta version. I, I make some correction in it. It was because I needed. I wanted to launch it, but it was not finished. So now it's the same book, but just I'm correcting like misspelling or uh, page repeat stuff like that. Is it, it happens? You know, sometimes because you receive a, a rough from the printer but sometimes what you get is not exactly what you got so now I'm, I'm my plan is to next september I, i'm correcting all that and relaunch the the real version it would be the same book but uh, completely uh corrected so uh yeah I bought your book at the festival and I loved it. Oh, yeah. And then I came home and for weeks it was just on my music stand and I would just randomly flip through the different exercises and things that you incorporated. And I just, I found it, it re-inspired me to revisit things that I hadn't looked at in a while. And I found it to be exceptionally well put together. So if you do an updated oh, version, you. I will definitely reach out to you and pick up an updated version as well too, because I think it's a great book. I will send you a free PDF uh, version because I'm, I have the, the, the I, I, I have a lot of demands. I will say right now, it's I'm, I'm impressed by that. My first book, I sold 2000 paper copies of it that back, that is back in 2012 okay and I think I I sold 2 300 ver like like PDF data version and now this one because it was a rough and I was living I just printed 200 copies and I sold maybe 150 of it in paper 160 but I I I sold maybe 150 200 already PDF copies of it so the people are work a lot with iPads and people say, no, it's okay. I, I, I like it. It's cool. You have in paper, but I don't want it. I, I you're going to stay on my shelf. I prefer have, uh, in my iPad and I can work with it all the time with my students. A lot of teacher got, this is something different before my first book, the man was coming from students, but, but whatever person, now I have a lot of teacher requesting the book for they can work with their student. So this is nice. I, I just told them, well, if you do copies of a few things, I don't mind, but if you do too many, uh, tell them to come to see me just by respect for, I always buy a book. I have so many books back home. Yeah. I was a bit, I was like you, I like to read. I'm not the best site, like, a like to, you put me on a, on a cruise ship and let's re, let's read that on the moment. I'm not the, the, the best 
that you can find, but I can play the song, no problem. But the problem is like, I, I just don't take the time like to do that. I, but, uh, but I like to read, uh, like, uh, books. So I was buying whatever book of drumming for some area from some time back in the days. So, uh, but now I'm, I'm, I'm not in my place. I'm, I'm on tour. I cannot take a lot of those. So now when I, when I'm buying a book myself, I buy the PDF version of it. I'm still sort of a traditionalist where I kind of like the paper book, because for me, when I come down into my studio and I've got my music stand there with all my books, it's, I, I find it to be a very tangible physical sort yep. of experience, but the industry is changing and like i said everyone's flipping over now to kind of the digital versions and and there's value in both of those elements but yeah i i think that the work that you put into that last book was exceptional and i got a lot of value out of it so i'm definitely happy to support any other future projects that you that you have coming out as well so currently okay. um yep. you're in guam working yes. on a new production is it uh part of cirque du soleil it's uh it it's another production, but the thing is like, just to specify Guam, USA, because there's people, they were thinking, I'm in Guam, close to Tennessee, yeah. you know, and other people, they were thinking Guam for Guantanamo, close to in, in the island of Cuba. No, I'm in Guam, USA. The people, uh, a lot of people, they say, ah, it's so cool. I'm going to see, well, I'm very far. Like I'm three hour and a half from Japan, uh, three, three hour from Korea, South Korea, uh, um, after that, like Philippines is closed seven hours from Hawaii. We're really in the middle of nowhere in the Pacific ocean. Uh, the thing is, uh, here, the people, they don't know Guam is a U.S. territory and they have a big, 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 uh, trip like Las Vegas in this island is 25, 20 hotel, I don't remember. And they have like, uh, maybe 10, 15 shows running permanently. There's a, a lot of big show. So it's kind of the North America experience for the Asian people. Instead to take a flight expensive to go to Los Angeles or New York or Montreal, Toronto, they're flying here. So mm -hmm. here you it's a mix between Hawaii and Florida. In general, it looks like that. So same restaurant you have in Florida, same vibe, uh, palm trees everywhere. So they are putting shows together. So the show I'm working with, it's uh, produced by Baldiga Group and the name is Carrera. But, but for the expertise, where I'm going, they hire people from Cirque. So they're like a lot of people working at Cirque as contractor mostly. So, and not just at Cirque that we have people coming from, uh, Edouard Circus, um, Drop the Spoon, uh, is the uh, ex company from Franco Dragon. So is they, they work with Britney Spears and many, many artists for their projections. Uh, the, the, uh, they did Celine Dion in, in, in Las Vegas. So they, they do all the, what is images, um, uh, virtual experience. Uh, so, well, it's, they took all the top notch people, the top gun people in their, in their domain. They bring them here in the island for like three, four, five months, depends on the time they had and they build the theater. So the theater before was existing was a, a show with like a dinner show with, with animals, like with tigers and like clowns, very traditional kind of broadway okay yeah. uh issue but so now they destroy all inside the theater and they rebuild all so the theater is new except the shell outside but inside they completely redo all so it's cool because it's my first time i work in like work in theater many times but it's first time working in a theater where it's all brand new like all is new 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 like uh, you, you check something it smells new so 
And yeah, so the show that basically it's, it's here is more, it's more like a mentality of Las Vegas. Las Vegas, they don't have break in the show. It's a 90 minute show normally in Vegas, but here they did a 70 minutes. It's pretty short. Like we, the show, we have a 15 minute, 15 minutes, sorry, pre-show and the show itself is 60 minutes, 65, I guess, something like that. Um, they do that because the, the, the demand is like that here. The shows are quite small, uh, fast, uh, but the, the tourists, are because the island just uh, have 200,000, less than 200,000 people, but they have 3 million, I think, or 2.5 million of tourism, tourists per year coming in the island, coming from Japan, Korea, uh, Filipina mostly. And of course, it's a big military base. They have not one, they have three military bases here. So they have, I think, 10,000, 15,000 militaries, and there's 200 uh like a carrier and ships and warships and boat in the the sea carrying them so they are coming here every two three months but on a schedule so sometimes there's nobody in the street and one day boof, you have like <laughs> five thousand military in the street so yeah so the show is is start it just started it's a big machine uh because uh yeah it's a big machine because the, the, it's it's the first time i do a show like it's a movie Normally you do a show, you, I'm used to work with Ableton Live. We have our charts, uh, I'm starting sequences. Some, an acrobat will fall on the stage. I restart the sequence. Okay, guys, we're going to loop that part. It's more like it, we have a, a line to respect, but we can move that, that little okay. part in the line. Here's not like that. Here is from A to B. So you play like a, you're following a track. So really, really the same show every night. If someone like have an issue on stage where uh, we have ways to do it, but it's not like there's no cue on the moment. We don't follow the acrobats or the artists so tight. They, it's a contrary. They have to follow the music and the mm -hmm. images. Then the lightning is another way to work. But, um, yeah. So now it was started and it's, uh, it's, it's a fun show. It's a family show, I will say. And it's a um, uh, immersion show. So for the people who understand, for example, I'm not even, I'm on stage only three minutes, but my drum is always almost seen all the time, but I'm not on stage. I'm in the wall of the theater. So they put uh, the musician in the wall. So we have garage door, roughly they open okay. and we have windows and we are behind. <laughs> so so they, it's, it's fun. So I see that I'm, I'm kind of like offset of the stage. So I see the public and I see the what's going on on stage, um, and yeah, it's a, and it's a great experience. I love it. it uh, for, now, for now, I love it. And just looking through your bio here, you have quite the extensive background of doing these types of shows. You have done yeah. a lot of work with Cirque du Soleil, um, and I remember it, yeah. years ago. My wife and I had attended our first uh, production of Cirque du Soleil, and it wasn't until about halfway through the show that I realized there's actually a live band because at that point I think they were under the stage and a lot of these productions are, are different but it made me really appreciate just the high level of commitment and professionalism that those gigs require because I'm sure there are many times when things go wrong but you have to resolve and solve these issues as you go without actually affecting the show and so I could see it being a very stressful experience at times but also very rewarding so you know how do you enjoy the performance doing these types of shows well the seven last year 
before pandemic until uh, November 2018. Uh, for seven years, I was the drummer of Cavalia, but the, the show named Odisseo, because Cavalia has two shows. Where we've been close to you guys. We're in Mississauga for like three months, I think, with the horses and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, Cavalia was uh, the longest tour I did. Seven years, it's a lot. Um, and the, there's a lot of things keep you alive. You need to have a life outside of the show first. Uh, when you quit the show at night, you go you, back to your place. You don't think only like stay on your sofa and do nothing. You know, you have to create stuff or do something else. So you create passion for photography, uh, painting, uh, walking, gymnasium. Like you need to, to do other things. This is one point very important. You need to feel great with your coworker <laughs> because you will see them every day, at least five, six days a week. Because with Cavalia, we're doing uh, five to eight shows per week. Normally, depends on the week, the city, two shows Saturday, two shows Sunday, sometimes only one show Sunday. You know, they go with the demand. Um, so when you do eight shows uh, and you're in some cities, it's some cities are hard. These are very popular, but it's hard for the, the, the artists. So you, let's say you... We're in a popular city, like let's say uh, Los Angeles in Santa Monica, for example, and you have to do like nine shows per week. And so you're, you're, per, you're 10 hours with your coworker for six days. So in the week, so you have to really belong well with them and, 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 uh, and, and find a way to interact and also, so that's, that was a good, it's a thing that's very important for me is the focus. What I enjoy. Uh, is to keep the focus. I always told everybody wants to do that. It's like, you can be the best drummer ever and exist on earth. Uh, it's not about just the drumming, but it's about keeping the same energy and same, almost the same line every night. Uh, and this is hard. The people they, they thinking it's easy. Ah, you repeat that. No, no yeah, yes, but you have to, to do it. Sometimes your state of mind is not there that, that night. You need to keep going the show. And the people, they don't care if you are tired or something yep. because you're like, you have 55 artists on stage. Like right now, we have total artists is 49, I think, or 48. So artists involved. So even if one artist is tired, it doesn't matter. The show needs to run. People pay their tickets. So you have to do that. What I, what I like really much is like you arrive in a, uh, at the beginning is hard, but at the end it's cool because you organize your drum the way you want in most of the show it's not the same for every show some show you have to deal with what the other drummer did i'm touching wood right now i'm talking i'm looking my my the, the 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 table but the the last big production i did for since a lot of course i saw but my biggest production i did uh i was the first drummer in the production so i bought the i i asked what i want for a drum i asked we would put the drum in a cool environment uh, you put yourself in it, so you feel it's kind of your office or your bedroom or home. Or, so, so it's it's kind of it's kind of nice, um, and you're so comfy at a moment. Like for example, now I was working before like for the past four months. I was working depending on the day. It can be four, but can be fourteen hours per day because you're rehearsing, you're creating the show. Now we're starting the show run. So when the show is started and we don't have special rehearsal. I work four hours per day if we only have one show and it's done. We have two hour show call the show and I'm done. So this is something I can, it gave me time to do other things. I would restart teaching, you know, like I would write other things. It's something I like, and it's the first time it's not a touring show. 
uh, normally my touring show, I like to do uh, stuff, but the good thing is you change cities. Now here is the same city. I don't, I won't be here for long. Uh, I, my, my plan was to come here, create the show, uh, do a part of the run, and later when somebody would take over. But, the, but the, for the moment, for the few months I, I'm running the show, I, I enjoy the moment. It's nice. Aren't you also the musical director for this production? Yes, I, but I'm the band. I was with the band leader. But the funny part, I, it's something funny because the show was supposed to be uh, because it's very trendy now. For people they don't know, big big production now cut musician, and so they didn't want to have a big big band. So this production was supposed to be three musicians: okay. drummer, drummer band leader, uh, guitar player uh, slash keyboard. Uh, can do tracks or pads and a singer. We still don't have the keyboard slash guitar. So maybe in the future it's going to arrive. Now all that is on the track, but I requested for many reasons. I won't go into details, but it, it's not there. So now we're two, but the thing is for my, my, my duties are more for like following rehearsal during the creation is like make the connection with the sound engineer because we had two, two sound engineers at the time, uh, checking charts, checking uh, the tracks, uh, making all computer things together, uh, be sure we have enough time on stage, calling shot when they have some, some, some part of the show can be rehearsed by the dummy track, by the MP3 send out, but some we need to be the live band working with the track itself with the stamps. So I need to be there for, for talk with them. So it's mostly what I do in this portion. But I, like I said, it's the first time where I'm doing a show we're running QLab. I always use lo uh, uh, Logic or Ableton Live normally, or even uh, Pro Tool. The first time I'm doing QLab, and I've even done control QLab right now. So all I've been done during creation, so now QLab is running from the sound engineer and is, is next, 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 next. So it's just changing pages to page to page to another page. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's first time it's like that, but I'm, I'm, it's so far so good. So we'll see on the long term, but now it's working. Well. I have limited experience working with tracks, but I find for me, it can be a very comforting thing because it's, it kind of keeps you consistent um, and it keeps you focused and it, it helps to kind of keep the time and everything together. But there's also the flip side of that where things can go wrong and you have to be able to you know, on the fly, kind of make adjustments and stuff. So do you enjoy the process of working with tracks at this point? I'm used to what it's, I will add for what you say in the downside, it can dead you out. You can be dead uh, because it's so linear. Uh, even if there are dynamics, the mm -hmm. dynamics are linear anyway. So for example, let's say one night you're, you're not feeling great. You say, ah, you're like, ah, it doesn't matter. The track will take over of my, of my part in some ways. No. You really need to be in action. And in the, what I realized, the tracks in, it's, it's tracks is everywhere now. Like, I, like there's people like, I, I don't like to, to, uh, I try to go no negative normally in my life. But just for example, I was reading sometime on YouTube where people say, oh, this guitar player or this drummer, uh, tracks in like infamous band, like a Motley Crew or things like that. Of course, it's okay. They do that. They all do that. Sorry, I would break the dreams of a lot of listeners, but they all do that. I mean, back in the days, it's a, in maybe in not in the seventies, but since 2000, most of the big band Metallica, you see them, they have backing tracks running for them. And sometimes the, the backing track is like in one part of the show, they have a click track. They have like 10 guitars recorded 
and Kirk Hammett can continue playing his solo. And if he stopped, the guitar would continue. We never know. It's so big production. They have to run uh, top notch because the people are so hard and critic now. So the, and, but it's a lot of work. Yeah? It's not because it's track. You're a lazy musician. It's not because <laughs> you pay $200 and say, I pay $200. I don't want track. It doesn't, it's not even close of, of that. The track make you bigger. And as a, they make the show a standard for what you pay for, but they will play with the musician. Well, and the audience expectation is they want it to be familiar. They want it to sound exactly like what they're used to. And when oh, you yeah. when you look at studio recordings, there's a lot of overdubs. There's a lot of different elements to those. And in a live situation with musicians, you're going to lose a lot of that. So it's not there to replace the performances. It's there to enhance them, to, to make everything sonically what the audience's expectation is. And it's the same sort of thing with the type of shows that you do, even though it might be I'm not as familiar to the audience that's coming to the show, but there's an expectation that everything is always top notch. The musicians yeah. can be having a, a, an off day or things can go wrong, but the audience, they're coming and they want it to be exactly what they expect it to be because that's what they're investing in. And so that requires a dedication and a commitment. And that, as I said earlier, that's something that I really do admire about you because you've performed thousands of shows over the years and that requires a, a great sense of commitment and discipline to your craft and to the audience and i i greatly respect you for that oh, thank you and i just want to add something like that like something the track will bring to you um for sure like i do for example we have a lot of sound effect like waves uh, thunder when it, yes they can play with a keyboard uh, but now that we have with, uh, the technology, we have projection. We have like, uh, a multi sensorial environment 360, um, and all go with time code. So, mm -hmm. the, so we can cue the thunder. We can, we could, we could run two separate audio track, like uh, the band do is do their things and they have the audio running thunder and all the things you want with the lights and everything. But in the purpose of the, to put the show a bit lighter and because it's a lot of data, I think we, we have like, I don't know, no joke, and maybe 20 computer on the shoulder there and they all Mac Ultra uh, M2, the best you can buy right now. So, but we could drop, but we wanted to drop the, the heaviness of working with that. So I'll go with time code. We're playing on top of it. And, uh, and of course, like, I mean, uh, this for sure, like we do, it's important uh, to have that because it will also like make the technician uh, work easier because they have to go with cues. So they know at like two minutes, 52, the thunder, let's say as an example, will, will, will make a sound and they have their cue to open the door. If it's a keyboard player, we can, or me triggering, but it's possible one night I will be off by one second or two seconds. Sounds weird, but a lot of time in my past, I was doing, let's say, a drum field not written, and I was doing ta 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 and one day I did ta 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 and same time, but I just punched, let's say, the the two and a half instead the the three e n o, and uh and and one acrobat came at me, he's like, I missed my call tonight because you didn't punch my punch normally. I'm like, yes, I did. No, no, I rewatched, and he was right because I did a he took his cue on my music. But mm -hmm. it never been written like that. I was just playing around doing the same field for like 
three months and one night I did another field and I put him in Joe Party. So uh, it's for cues and stuff. I, I think I like it. I, it's something. But if I go see Pantera, I, it's, of course, there's an example. I, I think they, they don't do tracks. Like, that yeah. w- I would like to hear the large sound and everything. But but it's an example. Uh, punk bands, they won't do that too. But some, yes, some they, they have tracks. But the, the thing is, my, uh, for finish that topic, it's like tracks or not, it's not necessarily bad because you have tracks. It's not, it's just, it depends on the situation and it depends how the people will work with it. It's only, it's only that. If it's, if it's, we have one band and they don't play at all. It's just lip singing. They're like a mini vanilla of the rock. This is not cool because it's like a karaoke of a song. But if you put them in your music for Adam, uh, let's say you're like, I saw Muse. They're like three members and they have one keyboard player hiding in the corner. Uh, like doing things and it's probably like punching tracks and stuff. There are three guys mostly, but they have so much stuff going on. Sometimes they have like an orchestra running and some pads and things. They cannot do that. Those guys, because they don't, they're so busy to be on stage. So these help the band, like you said, for what they did in studio, they can bring it back on stage for the public. So that's, so I think is that that's a good purpose. And. It's just, it's part of the art form now. And so people are just expecting all of those things to be there. So I think it's something that is inspiring because it's a new skill set that, you know, us musicians can kind of add to our list of, of things to work on. Yep. I look forward to the, the challenges. <laughs> now, yeah. one of the other projects that you had started recently was um, Drum Fills Cafe, which is kind of an interview sort of show where you get to connect with different industry people and stuff. So um, what's that all about? And how did you get started doing that? That's funny because Dropless Cafe was supposed to start 2017, uh, 18. I was on tour and I, I I know so many drummers and musicians. So, And I was going to eat with one guy, coffee with another one, like a beer for another one. So, And I'm like, if I could keep, not all those moments, because I don't want to be like the kind of uh, paparazzi of those guys, but I said, I'm sure some of them would like to sit down and we have a chat and I would go, let's have a, a proper recording with a camera and, and talk about topics. But I've been so busy finally. It didn't happen. So when the pandemic arrived, uh, I was just coming out from a tour and the, and I was going to another tour, but the tour been canceled because of pandemic and, and I was in Mexico city and I'm like, okay, so I think I should start something like by distance. And I, I think Dropfish Cafe were born. So I started right away when the, the, we have the lockout, uh, kind of lockout, but they called all the shots. So I started that, that moment and I, I've been working on that part time, not full time, but it was a, a big part time. It's 40% of my time during that period. And until the June, I think 2020. And after I call my friends, I call a few friends and like, uh, now we're four official members. Uh, and uh we we grew up Dropfish Cafe actually is started with interviews, but we're not just interview. We interviews actually we go seasonal. We do two seasons, uh September to December, January to April. And and uh it's uh one interview per week. Uh it's mixed between French and English mostly, but we have a Spanish page and a Portuguese page too, uh with a few interviews there. And, uh, but now we push, uh, we have a written part. So people are, uh, they are really physically writing article can, that people can read. Uh, a few of them, they were writers from the Canadian magazine, drum, et cetera. So, uh, some, some of them are, are editor from that magazine. Frank Camus, he was the last editor 
of uh, the chief editor from that magazine too. Um, I have Danny, uh, who is uh, one of my co-hosts with me, and uh, Joel Fortin, a super good drummer, uh, helping us with uh, different different things in the in the website. Plus, uh, uh, my wife. So we're like a few people involved, you know, in the place. Yeah. Not, right now, well, let's put we're six, seven, not full time, but we involve, we really work on that. So we are. Everybody have our duties. We can post. For example, I would have some kind of posts is in, is my time. Some other posts are done with Denis, by Joel, by Frank. So everybody are involved in the platform with the, we have a calendar. Um, so the purpose of Dropless Cafe was to, uh, share, uh, historical stuff, uh, make musician connection, but we wanted to be, uh, um, very connect with the, the community. And what we do too is like, we, we target North America. So for us was Canada, US, Mexico. Yes, we have French uh, people following us. And I love that. A lot of people from Ireland, UK, uh, Spain, uh, Brazil. So even from Japan, China, I see like who is looking, uh, following us. Uh, and I, I, I like it. It's, it's internet. Everybody can follow us. But I mean, but my point is like, we, we started with to focus more in that part of the world, uh, because we, we don't want to go too, far it's, it's it's already big so um and it's going well so now we're we're see us more as like an hybrid magazine because we do interviews written uh article we have a section even like uh for selling stuff we have a page facebook people can go that page just can subscribe and they can sell their drum or whatever it's like a hat classified hat uh, we have um a section also with educational part. One is free. It's very limited things, but we're, we're working on that. Whereas we have a school on the way, but it's been a long time. We've been working on that for like three, four months, but we're giving us time. We don't want to rush, but we have a school, uh, we want to push in the next, uh, the next, let's say 12 months. Um, and yeah, and it's, it worked pretty good. I would say we're, we have a lot of, uh, comments, people coming say, yeah, we like this. We like that. Uh, can you do more in, of this interviews or less of that? You know, so we, we adapt and now the canal, uh, the channel is, is stable. I will say. So we have our followers, people, they, they like us and yeah. And it's, it's it was fun time. I think it was a good, uh, Dreyfus cafe. I have been the kind of my platform to work on during pandemic and uh, for the, at least the first six months. And after that I was working in, I was back to work, but now the, 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 the the machine is working al almost alone, you know, so it's okay. As an educator, when you have students that are coming to you, what are some of the biggest challenges that you consistently see that you want to help people overcome? Uh, it's a good question because I have so many different students. Um, I need to go by group of people of age for that. Uh, I think a lot of my students right now are, um, are older than I have a few under 20, but, uh, most of my students are mostly like 30 and up right now. So I see a lot of bad posture. They, they don't sit good on their drum or bad way to take the drumsticks or they, they have like, um, I don't know the, the, and this affect their playing. Um, so I, I, some, a lot I have to work on like, okay, we should do that, should do this. Um, and like you, you were mentioning when people, a band go in an album, it sounds amazing. 
when you're back home, you have your pearl export in your in your garage and with pinstripe head from 10 years old. It won't sound like Slayer album, you know, like uh, like the best album they recorded. So, so I'm like, can I, you help me with the tuning? And I'm and yes, I'm helping them getting cues. And they're like, yeah, but it doesn't sound like the drum. And I have the same time of drum. I'm like, it it doesn't matter. This is other thing. Don't try to compare what you hear in the album because the process, even sometimes yes. not even the drum, it's <laughs> it's full of triggers. So uh, you have to work with what you have. So the technique is very important. The raw technique. And I like to uh, work with like rudiments, uh, parallel, single stroke, double strokes, uh, flam, drag. Uh, like I pass the, the basic one um, because a lot of people, they, they pass that and they don't do it. They say, yeah, I'm doing pad, but they do whatever. So I like to structure them to just warm up the right ways and um, technique so on the foot. The way people can hit the pedal sometimes. There's different. I'm not saying like my technique is the best at all. But I like to find the right technique for the people. My technique is my technique. I think I have to, but like uh, I mix around. But some people they will they they like to keep their yield down, you know, up, uh, like uh, all the time, like pushing the beater on the on the batter and stick on the batter. Uh, I'm not like I prefer hit the batter and go back, give a hair to the kick. Um, but it's not because it worked for me; it would work for something else. So I like to find the right technique for the right person. Um, and yeah, and some people, they like to play cross, but uh, maybe it's open and dead is better for another person, you know? So yep. it's to check what's fit the best. I find for me as a teacher, particularly when I'm teaching beginners or, or younger uh, kids, when they sit down and play, I just kind of watch how they sit at the drums and I teach them that way. And I'm surprised with how many younger students don't cross their hands these days. They sit down and they put their left hand on the hi-hat and the right hand on the snare drum um, using the open-handed concept. And, and I don't tell them to change that. They just start and and if they play like that, then when I sit down to demonstrate, I play like that too, because that's yep. what they're comfortable with and they can develop their skills and stuff from there. And I think you, one of the things you sort of touched upon is that you like to kind of find what the right uh, tools and techniques are for the individual student, because many times people have a, a stuck curriculum where everyone learns the same thing the same way. And yeah. curriculums are important. It's essential that they everyone learns um, the fundamental skills, but the approach okay. that the teacher takes should be altered for the students' learning styles and for what their goals are. Because some students, they just want to play drums for fun. Other students want to play in bands. And that's a different skill set because now you have to start learning yeah. feels and, and listening and interacting uh, as well. Too. But you want to inspire them to encourage them. And if a student is inspired, they will develop and grow from there. If a student isn't inspired and motivated, it's amazing how quickly they will fizzle out and move on to something else. So I uh, I appreciate you know your approach with that. Now, the flip side of that is that when students are coming to you that are looking to be a professional, whether it be a part-time career or getting into some of the things that you do, what are some of the skill sets or advice do you recommend for them? But it's a good question. I have this um, 
this request, uh, this request many times, uh, maybe 10 times per year. Like uh, roughly maybe five, but like, I mean, in general, five to 10 times per year since years. And <clears throat> most of the time I tell them, well, first we'll separate that also by different departments. So uh, if we go educational part, you need, like you were mentioning, you need to be able to read charts. If you don't, if you cannot, let's work on that. Or if you're not that great, let's work on that. You need to be to be the best reader, but you need to understand what is a lead sheet or what is like a full scale like chart. Um, this is one thing. After that, you need to know uh, to be able to play a lot of dynamics of the same rhythm, rhythm like a, a rock beats, very softy and one very like the triple F stuff like that. So this is one part we're going to work on. So we, I need to check that. The second, I, I always tell them like, now let's go with vocabulary. Do how many songs do you know? like? What kind of gig do you want? So normally I have, I'm giving them like, I have like a, um, like an MP3 file. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's 300 songs on it. And it's 300 songs of top 40 music. Go learn all these songs. You don't need to learn perfect, but learn them just adding them They're like okay perfect so the I, I you need to play a lot of style and a lot of songs uh for be able to okay let's do uh, i don't know like uh one song from you two okay perfect bloody sunday even if you don't know all the punches you can play the song in, in a part you know yes so this is super important i remember i do i did that to a drummer i sent him like 150 songs to learn top for you come back to me two three weeks after it's like i cannot i realize i don't like that i'm like well it's it's part of the part of the reality it's like okay yeah i understand other thing you need to know in our time now right now in 23 you need to know programs you need to be able to at least know one recording program even if you're not the best it can be cubase uh, logic pro tool ableton live Q lab, whatever there's like, there's million of now you need to know at least one of them and for work your song. And most of the show would work with Ableton or Pro Tool. And now I'm working with Q lab. So this is the most important. You don't need to be crazy on it, but you need to know how to surf around and work with that. Uh, Technology is still an iPad with four score. Even if you, I like paper right now, I decided to go paper. It's my choice. I decided to, 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 I bought the, a book and I'm writing all on paper, but I have an iPad. I can work four score with it. Mm -hmm. So you need to, same thing. You don't need to be the best on four score, but at least you can shift pages and stuff. Other thing you need to go in other department, be professional. You need to be on time. Like you need to be, uh, you need to learn your song. Um, you need to put your, uh, your ego on the side and, and let the musical director queuing things in it's normal. Um, what professional means also you need to be respectful with your musician. Uh, but it doesn't mean you, you cannot, you, you can go after your gig, like uh, eating in a restaurant and take a drink if you're major, the major, but the point is like, you need to be professional. And if the guideline for the company tell you, you cannot do what you cannot do, depending on the contract you sign. So you need to go by contract, know how a contract work. If you don't know how it work, call a lawyer, call someone mm -hmm. can read the contract. I read contract for, I signed so many, so I can read for the person and say, this is working now. This is not, this doesn't work. And 
the, the people need to be uh, very, I can say that, you, you need to be open mind because what you think it is, is probably not. Like the point is, the, the, when you, you're dreaming about the contract, it's like, I'm, let's say I'm dreaming to be the drummer in a steady show in Vegas, in the casino with that band and they are playing 400 shows a year, super cool. It's probably not like that. It's work. like the point is like there's night will be hard. Sometimes your mix won't work well. Sometimes you won't be able to 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 do the show for X reason. It there's a lot of things. So you need to be prepared to troubleshoot a lot of things. Um, like it and it's normal. The other day I received a comment like when I did the drum fest in Montreal uh, in Quebec, uh, the Ralph and Joe drum fest. Your I had clutch uh, broke. I have like a, a drum. Uh, my son have a, a son a, a drum like for one hundred dollar. It never happened. Okay, it happened, and it's a top notch Yamaha Harston. I had stand. I have. It's not about that vibration. Something was loose, but it's that's life. It's a gig. If you live as a drummer, it's part of the gig. How many times I had issues? We I could we could do just a show, you and me. Talk about all the problems I've seen in all the 5,000 or 6,000 shows I did in my life. There's million. Yeah, but it's okay. It's part of the gig. So the people need to be ready to a problem. So and it, it's it's normal. Yeah. You, you have to be professional, prepared, um, and have a sense of humor about the things that you have to troubleshoot and be quick at recovery because it's because things are going to go wrong. It's how you gotcha. deal with the issue. I remember years ago doing a performance on a TV show, and of course, in the most complicated part of the song, you drop a drumstick. I think it took me one second to grab another one, oh. and the and the <laughs> band didn't even notice. But it's just it's you've got your kit set up so that you can adapt and and do the job that you're hired to do. And I remember looking at the recording of the show afterwards and laughing that the moment when I dropped the drumstick is, is of course when the camera is on you. So you actually <laughs> so you actually catch that moment and the band didn't even notice. And so we were having a good laugh about that, but you can't let it bother you. You just have to, you know, um, carry on, do the job and, yep. and be professional because the audience doesn't care. They just want, everything to be the way that they ex expect it to be because it's all about that experience and then Done. and and as you said you always have to when you're doing these shows you know like the 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 theater shows and stuff that you do yeah you could be on your 400th show and you're getting really tired of it but it's the audience's first time seeing the show and their expectation is that it, everything sounds exactly like the record that they have at home. So it's yep. not it's not an improvised performance. It's like, you know, those shows, it's all about like getting the perfect take on a recording every single time that you do that. That's the the commitment that you're making for these ones. And you and it's not cut out for everybody. Um, some people no. don't like the consistent structure of that, but a lot of people love the challenge of that. And once again, you know, looking at all of the work and the shows that you've done, it's really obvious that you're dedicated to your craft and that you have a passion for this. Yeah, but it, it depends on people. I'm, I, I try to be a session, full session, like back in the days. <clears throat> when I back on the first tour with Cavalia 1, uh, I did two, 2003 to 2006, Cavalier 1, something like that, for three years, three and a half. I stopped and I back, but anyway, 
the point is like I've been like uh, around four years, three years, mostly working session and teaching too uh, in Canada. In, um, and I love it, but I realized too, uh, I don't want anymore. I say yes to everything and it's okay. You need to respect yourself as a musician. Uh, some musicians, they can be the session for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it, I, it's amazing. I'm not like that. I cannot. So, so I prefer to have, like, if it's not a big production like I do right now, because we're talking about like millions of millions of dollars, the production, if I go with more like a, a smaller artist or medium production or even a big production of a singer, I prefer to have like two, three musical projects when I'm back session than 15. And, and I won't be happy. I, I like, I'm, I'm kind of person. I like to have free times to, to do t- stuff. And my life is not just music. Um, when I'm in my music, I love it, but some people is only music. They only focus on that and it's cool. I love it for, for them. For me, music take a part, but I have other part I like to do in my life, personal life. So, um, if I just do music 100% it, all the time, it's hard. I have a friend who was working in Broadway in Nashville and he, he got tired of that because he told me he was working six, seven days, but in Nashville bars are opening at 10 a.m closing at two, three, um, and they have run a four hours per the, the band play four hours for sometimes it was doing 12 hours, like imagine, but not just on drum, four hour drum, four hours as a sound engineer, back to drums. He was playing bass on other bands. So it's like it, I got tired for a few, he needed to take a break. Um, so I don't want to go there. So right now, for example, I have a little practice kit here I have. In my theater, they set up me an electronic drum and I have my kit on stage. So what I want to practice normally, I do 30 minutes to 10 minutes warm up here in the house on pads and in, in the studio before the show, I will do a 10, 15. Sometimes I, I feel for one hour, I will arrive and I will play on the electronic drum for one hour. But normally I try to not burn myself. So around 30 minutes here, a bit before the show and the show. So I do, let's say two hours, two hour and a half of music per day. Uh, but it depends. Now I was in creation. I know in September I will teach and I know sometimes I'm in creation moments I will play more, but it's important to go with the wave and be, keep yourself creative. You know? Well, and I think one of the things that I learned over the years is it's all about balance because I've seen many yep. people who are very passionate about being a musician or whatever creative following that they choose to do. Um, and then they get so devoted into it as a career that is that the thing that fulfilled their spirit becomes the thing that destroys their spirit. And it's really about totally. finding that that balance for, for me as, as a drummer. I'm, I'm working more now than I have in a long time doing a variety of different projects. I'm doing a lot of you know home recording sessions and and I've got some uh, musicals coming up that I'm doing. And I, I love that sort of work. Cool. Um, but. I, I take time for myself to go out, you know, go for a nice walk, spend some time reading a good book, spend quality time with my wife and just enjoying the downtime so that when I get to do work as a musician and I sit behind my drum kit, I'm inspired and I want to play. And it's a very welcoming experience rather than something that I'm dreading just to get through things. And I used to do a lot more, you know, work in clubs and stuff over the years, but I had to take a step back from that because something that I loved became something that wasn't really as satisfying anymore. And it's okay to reevaluate yep. yourself at different stages of your career and change 
your focus because when you're starting out everything is about do all the work that you can take every gig play all the clubs and do things and that's yep. the right path for many people and it's not the right path for everybody so I, I think it's important to take that step back and just to reevaluate and find the things that are important to you because not only totally. will you be happier in your life but you will be performing at a much higher level because it brings that passion back so totally. what are the things that you like to do in your downtime to find balance in your life well right now we but i have a dog since six years uh we we like to walk the dog go outside in parks taking time fresh air hiking um uh, no, no, because I told you now I've been in a weird moment to creation. So I don't consider I have a, a hundred percent quality of life for the past three, four months. But uh, normally, yeah, reading a lot, uh, movies. Um, uh, I like to eat good foods, going out for, for trying uh, uh, new places all the time. Um, now I, I always have project. Now my book is done since September. September. I have an idea for... Uh, I won't launch it now, but maybe like a kind of like a, a teeny book, compact book of like maybe five to 10 pages, very small, but I have an idea about something I want to work on. I didn't have time, but it's something that I'm working on. Uh, John Phil's Cafe, take my time. I know it's music, but I have a side project for a few years. Um, I did maybe 10, 10, 12, I remember, a website for people, not big deal, but, um, I like to work, uh, on my computer and people doesn't know I'm not just a drummer. I'm a project manager too. Uh, I work with different companies, um, in the artistic department, creating, uh, uh props for shows and, uh, and setting up stuff for them. Um, so this, this, I like that, that way too. So it's something is always, uh, because. I like to be on stage, but sometimes I don't like to be on stage. I don't want, sometimes I want to be offset and pre do the prep and the production and they will do their show and it's okay. You know, when I was 20, I was only dreaming to be on stage. Now I'm older. So for me, it's like, I did so many times. Some, some people are like, are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited, but uh, it, I, I, it's, it's not in the sad way. It's like, I'm not excited. I'm less excited now because I did it so much, but it's not, it's okay because it's more like, I live that, but I need other, other ways, other things to drive me, uh, in my life. And it's okay. And I do. And I think human needs that kind of energy to cycle, you know? So now I mean, I'm happy now I'm doing the show and it's super nice. But the point is like, it's important, like you said, to have a balance and this balance bring you just to be a better musician and a better person because you can be the best musician. But if you don't have something else, maybe you will be struggling with your personal things. So it's important to be, to have that balance, to be a bit more focused and be a good, uh, good person with, with everybody. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the one thing that people often forget in planning their lives or their careers is themselves and taking care of themselves and managing your health and your mindset. So I think that stuff is extremely important in order to maintain the, the path that you're looking on and just to be happy because this can be a very testing and very challenging career to pursue. And once again, it's, it's not for everyone, but I think totally. you've done a really good job of kind of balancing a lot of different elements and you are proving to be a success in all of the projects that you take on. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Now, 
if people want to follow what you're doing or to connect with you, what is the best way to do that? Well, normally the people, they will reach me. uh, Well, it depends on who. (laughs) If they're in my Facebook circle, my Facebook is full. So I always suggest them to go to my professional Facebook, Eric Goudreau Drummer. So they can reach me there. Uh, my, my website, Eric Goudreau, Eric Goudreau like B-O-U-D-R-E-A-U-L-T.com. So uh, they can just type my names and, uh, and there's a link for my email there. Uh, sometimes not me taking the email because I'm working with another person. So it can be me or another person taking the email. Um, <clears throat> Drunkfield's Cafe email work, but to like say, we're, I'm not the only person. We're like four using the same mailbox. So it depends who reached the, the message will reply to the person. But I would say my, my, my website will be one good place. My personal Facebook professional, professional, sorry, drummer uh, page and uh, Instagram. Yes, but more for chatting fast. Uh, messenger, you can text me, but if I, don't have you in my Facebook friends. Sometimes the messages are lost. So I, I didn't catch a few messages. I realized like uh, the past six months. So I, I prefer like you go in those pages. Um, and uh, yeah, and info, like I say, info at eribudro.com will be the email uh, to reach me. I mean, if you want uh, an email. So uh, yeah. And if you could look back over your career, which has been very extensive and quite active, what would you consider to be some of your biggest triumphs or personal successes? Oh, uh, the list—it's pretty uh, heavy list. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm happy with a lot of things. I think I'm happy for what the life has brought me over the year. Um, I can I, I started really professionally. Uh, I, it's weird to say that, but I think in 2002, because I was finishing my degree in university and I started to recording music for CBC. So, and that was uh, with Michel Cousin and other people. So that was a good uh, start. And from that moment, I did so many things. Uh, like I started touring in 2003 and we're in 23. So it's been 20 years. The only time I didn't tour is for the year and a half of pandemic, mm-hmm. um, but I was still active. But I was not touring. But the point is, like, is a big twenty, like twenty years, um, very busy. It's like, yeah, like meeting people, uh, sharing stuff with people, musician. I never expect I would talk with them. Uh, television show. Yesterday, I was just checking stuff and uh, on my website, and it's true. I like I did like uh, almost almost a year from now. I I was playing drum for Jelaine. So like, uh, so it's like it's just like oh, it's true. I did that. <laughs> so. Sometimes I I forget it, and like in two thousand and four, I guess or five, I was right now this week I was playing drum with John Patitucci. So like it's just tough over the year. I make and if I tell you everything, I, I will never fin- will never finish. Yeah. But <laughs> it's just it's just yeah. I think it's the the gratitude, the the, the good thing, the life I've brought me over the year, playing with great shows, great great people um doing what i do and a lot of people sometimes come at me like are oh, you you should be uh, in front of the scene like i don't know like then not, not for not, not for giving me stars but something like more like scene like dennis or record or people or something like that yeah it's mm-hmm. cool i i could I, I could but i i don't know i'm um the life 
want me to do more a playing drum, less in front. I'm more like the guy in the shadow and doing the drum. But I didn't, I never seen myself as a star drummer, but more as a drummer. So I'm doing my job as somebody do a job, but I enjoy it. It's not in the sad part. But yes, sometimes I have my moment. Like you said, you saw me at the drum fest. I will do an, an appearance and I will do like the drumio or drum channel. Uh, but it's, I don't need, I like to do that actually, but it's not something I want to do all the time. I like my moment, my space, do my things. But if life bring me one day, I will be more top of scene. Let's say I, let's say I would play with a big rock band or whatever. It's mm-hmm. cool too. That's why I'm saying life is like that. For me, since 20 years, I've been doing big production, but I'm not the star on stage. And I don't have problem with that. I'm super happy with that. But if one day I have other things, it will be just a new challenge. I see that as challenges. I have a few things in my head. I know I didn't do in my life as a drummer. And it's what I'm looking for in the next years. You know that we always have like a, uh, like a target of dreams. Yep. And I have a few dreams I know I want to do. And uh, these dreams will drive me for the next years. So, but it's something I really want to focus on. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's important that we all have dreams, but it's also essential that we celebrate the paths and the experiences <laughs> that we have along the way, because as you get further into this creative journey, your dreams and your goals and your desires are going to change. So I think that's one of the things that I once again find inspiring about you is that I I often take joy out of being part of the big picture and the ensemble as opposed to being the famous face at the front of it. And I know that's something that that you have really done exceptionally well is really just being part of that ensemble. Thank you. I wish you all the best of success. I'm really excited to see where this journey keeps taking you. And I really hope we get a chance to connect again in person at some point. But it's it's been an absolute pleasure and a joy connecting with you. And I hope that your current show is a huge success. Same here. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks. You've been listening to the Drummer's Pathway podcast. Please share and subscribe to get the word out and let's keep the discussion going. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.